a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Your voice, your vote. 14 days until election week. Special coverage on Inside Sources. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources. Here on KSL News Radio, I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. It is great to be with you today, and as always, we got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we try to do what we always do on this show, and that is to actually slow things down for you just a little bit, help you divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense. And we have breaking news uh, today. Very pleased to be joined by our good friend and independent pollster Scott Rasmussen, uh, we have new polling out uh, just at the in the last minute or so uh, with the Deseret News and the Hinckley Institute of Politics, a poll relating to the 4th Congressional District. And uh, we've invited Scott to come on to give us the news and break it down for us. Scott, thanks for joining us today. Well, Boyd, it's always great to be with you. And uh, with two weeks to go, this race is about as close as be. 46% of voters in Utah's 4th District say they would vote for Burgess Owens, the Republican candidate, and 45% uh, say they would vote for the incumbent Democrat, uh, Ben McAdams. So really, it's a pure toss-up. Um, for Owens, it's a few points better than it was a month ago. Uh, he was down 45 to 41 a month ago. Uh, McAdams supports staying exactly the same, and it looks like well, I think it's fair to say negatives for both candidates have gone up in the last month, which is the nature of campaigning, I guess. Uh, it looks like the race is starting to you know, really harden along those partisan lines. Yeah, and that's the thing I want to break down just a little bit. It, it is interesting uh, that uh, uh, things have shifted just a little bit. It is a little bit of flip, clearly still within the, uh, the margins there as we get to the final number. Uh, but a lot of that does seem to be the the negative seems to be going up. This has been a uh, a fierce race to be sure. A lot of outside money uh, and a lot of really negative outside money coming into the state of Utah on both sides. Uh, so I think it's hitting both of them equally. Uh, tell us just a little bit more of what you're seeing kind of under the numbers a little bit in terms of trends and maybe even play out some scenarios for us. What does it look like uh, if Ben McAdams is going to win? What has to happen if Burgess Owens is going to maintain that 1% lead, which is again, about where the race ended up last cycle uh, with Mia Love and, and Ben McAdams? Uh, what has to happen on the Republican side? Well, you know, again, let's be clear. A one-point lead in the poll with a three-and-a-half-point margin of error is a is a tie. This race is even at the moment. Uh, one of the things I've been doing all this year, as you know, is, is I've been playing out uh, different turnout models because turnout does make a difference. 
And if in Utah for the uh, turnout for Democrats is just a little bigger, uh, stronger than I project, well, then McAdams would keep his seat with a two-point advantage, 47 to 45. On the other hand, if Republican turnout gets a little stronger than expected, Owens, I, I won't say this is coasting, but he would have a five-point advantage. Um, and again, this you know gets to the reality of it's very difficult to project exact turnout in any election, but especially during a pandemic. Uh, I think there's three factors that can impact this race. First, it's the ground game by both candidates. Can they get their voters either to the polls or to the uh, to the postal service? I guess will table. be the key yeah. here. Um, <laughs> The second um, is something that might happen in the national campaign. Uh, you know, this race looks like it's it's been affected from the start by uh, the national political environment, and that's what you would expect in a very bellwether district like Utah 4. Uh, if something happens in Thursday's debate or something else in the campaign that uh, moves this rate, that moves the national mood one or two points, in either direction that could be decisive in this race and the third thing that could happen is something that uh, i guess we can't rule out in 2020 and that is some other startling news event um you know that i don't even want to contemplate uh that would bring up a different issue and shift the focus of the race uh but having said all of that you know this is a a classic dynamic of a you got a democratic incumbent who uh, narrowly won his seat in a Republican-leaning district. He won it in a very good year for the Democratic Party. Uh, he's been reasonably popular in our polling, although that popularity has been dented in the last month, probably all that money you were just talking about. Um, and you've got that roughly, uh, you know, you've got that popular Democrat fighting an uphill battle in a Republican-leaning district, and that leaves us dead even. Crazy stuff. It is uh, going to be fascinating coming down the home stretch to be sure. And uh, if you're just joining us, we have uh, our pollster Scott Rasmussen uh, on the line. A new Deseret News Hinckley Institute of Policy uh, uh, poll just came out this morning. Uh, you can go to Deseret.com. Lisa Riley Roche has a, a great breakdown and some analysis there as well. Uh, and as you look at this uh, poll, obviously, uh, you mentioned the debate uh, as being an issue uh, I think one other factor that I wanted to get your take on, Scott, is uh, is the Supreme Court. Uh, obviously, we'll have a vote uh, in the uh, Judiciary Committee on Thursday, and then that will set the things in motion in terms of a final vote uh, on the floor of the Senate. Uh, there were so many voters in Utah in 2016 who voted for President Trump solely on the, the basis of the Supreme Court. Uh, do you see that playing a factor or being maybe one of those wild card factors? If the Democrats swing wildly at it or the Republicans overplay it, uh, could that impact this uh, CD4 race? Well, a few weeks ago, I would have said it could impact the national political mood, which was, would, would impact the, uh, the fourth district race. Uh, it seems a little bit less likely now. I mean, there hasn't since uh, the nomination of Barrett was first introduced, there hasn't been a lot of. Uh, movement in the polls. She has generally uh, received pretty positive reviews and the plurality support around the country uh, for her confirmation. And, you know, Democrats have uh, have apparently decided that they were going to use her hearings to focus on pre-existing conditions rather than the Supreme Court. So, you know, it could happen. Anything can happen when a race is this close. Uh, again, last year, 
700 or 800 votes, whatever it was, could have changed the outcome. Um, and we're in a similar situation this year. But more broad, all that I think has happened with the Barrett confirmation is that a lot of support, a lot of people who really don't like the way President Trump conducts himself um, voted for him because of this issue four years ago. They've heard all the things they don't like about him for most of the last four years. And this was, is a reminder of the positive side of the trade-off. Uh, final thought uh, from you, Scott. Yeah, great piece this morning uh, titled No, Our Democracy and Freedom Are Not on the Line <laughs> This Election Cycle. Uh, this is a good chance as uh, Utahns are just getting their ballots uh, late last week, early this week. The ballots are hitting the mailboxes. And uh, what is on the on the ballot? As, what is on the line, I guess, is what I should say in terms of uh, what we should be remembering as citizens and as voters this time around. Well, you know, look, elections do matter. Uh, they have consequences. They impact policy. Uh, but I, I am very confident that America will survive four more years of Donald Trump or the first four years of Joe Biden. Um, I do get surprised, as I write in the column, about the intensity that people go into these elections with. Um, and, you know, and I get it. You get caught up. The adrenaline gets uh, gets flowing. But American society uh, is not nearly as polarized as our politics. And the culture leads. Politicians, you know, again, they have an impact, but they're not as important as they think they are. And uh, when all the votes are counted and, you know, we finally know who wins this year and who has control of the Senate, um, one side will be dejected and one side will think that America has been saved. And then the next most important election of our lifetime will be held. And my guess is whoever wins in 2020 will face a backlash in 2022, and it will balance things out a little bit. Yeah, well, great insight. As always, Scott Rasmussen, uh, independent pollster and uh, our tag team partner with the Deseret News and the Hinckley Institute of Politics. Uh, new polling out just today, CD4 race, the congressional race between Ben McAdams and Burgess Owen is uh, a nail-biter, clearly a toss-up, uh, currently has uh, Burgess Owens with a one-point uh, lead uh, coming down the home stretch. Uh, Scott, thanks as always for your analysis. We'll have you back again real soon. Look forward to it, Boyd. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Scott. All right. We'll go ahead and step aside. When we come back, Miles Hansen from World Trade Center Utah is going to join us for a really fascinating conversation. You don't want to miss this. Stay tuned. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.